0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the West Side at Home podcast. This is Dave Steimers with you. One thing you may or may not know about me is that I have really poor eyesight. I've always had really poor eyesight. Sometimes people ask me, do you, "Are you nearsighted or farsighted?" I have an astigmatism, which means neither. I am not able to see anything near or far, and that's been the case my entire life. The first thing I do in the morning every day is put on my glasses. Otherwise, I can't see anything. I can't read. I can't watch TV. I can see big objects like I'm not bumping into stuff if I'm not wearing glasses, but I really can't function without glasses or most of the time I wear contact lenses. I need something. Otherwise, um, I just I wouldn't be able to do the things that I need to do in my life at all. When I was a kid, I had this um, tension in my life. So this was. This was at a time where I couldn't get contact lenses. So I wore glasses all the time. But I was also a really active kid and played a lot of sports and all kinds of stuff like that. So that pretty much meant that I broke my glasses. It felt like every week. We were on a first name basis with the guy at Lens Crafters because I would just go out, play with my friends, be playing sports or whatever, and I would break my glasses over and over and over, pop the lenses out and crush this and blah, blah, blah. And every time that happened, it was just, I mean, to restate the obvious, I couldn't see anything. And when I didn't have my glasses, there's just, you know, I couldn't say, ah, we'll put it off. Ah, we'll fix them later. It's like, I couldn't do anything without the glass. We had to get them fixed and we had to get them fixed right away. And, uh, my poor parents tried all kinds of different things to try and mitigate the fact that I would always break my glasses, you know, having a backup pair and then trying to find out. You know, a pair of glasses that I could wear when I was playing sports that maybe were a little bit more durable, that kind of stuff. And um, I am so thankful that at some point in my life I could get contact lenses because it made everything a lot easier. Needless to say, seeing is something that many of us just take for granted. That if you have reasonably good eyesight or even if, you know, you're like me, maybe you don't, but you have contact lenses or glasses and you can see. That's something we don't think about all the time. But it's so important, and if it was taken away from you if, you, if you all of a sudden couldn't see well, you would obviously realize how big a deal is that you can't even really function uh, in, the, in nearly the same way that you could if you could see. There's this little story in Mark chapter 10, starting in verse 46, I'll read you a few verses, just a short little passage, it goes like this. Then they came to Jericho and Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city. A blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that he was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. It's a short little story. Pretty, pretty quick encounter with Jesus, Bartimaeus. Jesus says to him, what do you want me to do for you? This is his moment. You ask for what you really want here. What do you want from Jesus? Jesus has showed up. You get a chance to ask him for whatever you want. And he says, I want to see. I want to see. Very quickly, your faith has healed you immediately. It's there's, there's no huge theological discourse or discussion. Your faith has healed you. And then he starts following Jesus along the road. Now to understand a little bit about why this is such a, a crucial little story, get a little context from the rest of the chapter. If you go back earlier into Mark chapter 10, um, Jesus starts by teaching about divorce because people are asking about it. And then there's this little section about little cheese, little children who are their parents, people are bringing them to Jesus and his disciples, you know, they're kind of like, well, we're just, we're doing important things here. We don't have time for children. And Jesus was indignant and says, let the little children come to me. The kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Like you, You're you're not understanding. This is the important thing. You have these little children coming. What a, a beautiful picture of faith just running up and, and receiving from Jesus. This is what the kingdom of God is all about. And you need to become like the little children. Then you have a story about um, this rich guy who comes to Jesus. And he wants eternal life. How do I inherit eternal life? And Jesus has this exchange with him and basically says, well, eternal life's not going to come through your riches. You need to be able to give that up and come and follow me. Rich people don't really like being told that. So, um, the next section is then Jesus, he starts to talk about his death, that he's going to be crucified and his disciples come to him after. And they say, teacher, rabbi, we want you to do for us whatever we asked. And Jesus responds, what do you want me to do for you? And they say, let one of us sit at your right hand and the other at your left hand in glory. In other words, we want to be in charge. We want power. When you are reigning over everything, we want to be your number one and your number two. We want to rule. And so Jesus has a big discussion with them about saying, I don't think you know what you're asking for. And again, he's trying to explain to them that his... Uh, Jesus' way of power is actually laying down power and serving and even giving up your life, again, for telling the the cross and um, just a huge juxtaposition from what normally people think power is all about and authority is all about. And he says, we're going to lay down our lives. We're going to be servants to people. And this is the kingdom coming in. And of course, the people who are closest to Jesus, his disciples, who are literally physically following him are not really following him. They're, they're not really checked in. They don't really get it. And then comes the story of the blind man, Bartimaeus. And he's calling out for Jesus and he wants Jesus. And Jesus finally says, well, what do you want me to do for you? And here Bartimaeus is everything that the rest of the people in this chapter are not. He says, I want to see. I want you to change my perspective. I want to see things the way that you see them. And that's going to change my life. That's going to transform how I live. I want to see. See, here's a great danger for religious people or people who have some kind of even spiritual experience. You know, you you have come to Jesus moments or you have these powerful times in your life where God does something and changes your life or you learn all kinds of things in the Bible. And I think, you know, authentically, like really good things happen and we have real experiences with God. But here is one of the the great challenges that so many of us have. And one of the the great obstacles is that after we kind of have that, we start to form these rigid opinions about God, about the Bible, about certain issues. And what happens is we get really stuck in our own way of seeing everything. We get really rigid and we even get proud because we couldn't stay where we are And what we sort of start to do is, as we've built up to a certain level in life, religious life or spiritual life, we then want everything that we hear to sort of confirm where we're at, becoming an echo chamber, right? I just wanna hear what I wanna hear about my life and about what I should do. So you have, for example, a rich guy who comes to Jesus and he wants eternal life and he wants to be rich. And he wants to have his money and depend on his money. Money's not a bad thing, but this guy, you can see, really depends on it. Like, I I can't give up my money. And Jesus is saying, well, until you can learn to open your hands with your money, you're not going to experience the kind of life that God wants for you. But he doesn't want to hear that. He wants to hear how he can have the life that he has. And also Jesus, just to kind of confirm that and give him all the, the good stuff that he wants. But he doesn't want to change his perspective on his money. Same with the disciples. Jesus, we believe that you are going to become the great ruler and we want to rule with you. And Jesus is trying to say, well, I don't think you understand because the way I'm going about it is not going to be like all the other rulers. I'm going to give myself up. I'm going to be crucified. There's going to be suffering involved. There's going to be great service involved. We're going to give our lives away to other people. And they didn't want to see that. They wanted their view of how life was going to be. Okay. We're going to become big, powerful people riding the coattails of Jesus. And Jesus, what we want you to give us is all the benefits that we want to have. We want to be in charge. And Jesus is trying to get them to see a whole different way of approaching life. That yes, he wants to give them great things. He wants to give everyone eternal life. But you got to come follow me. She's trying to explain, like you need to see that there's a different way. And if all you want is God to be your echo chamber, to echo back to you what you want to hear and to confirm the way that you're living and to keep you where you're at, the great danger is that you're going to stop learning. And that's what I think the great danger is for a lot of us who have at one point really learned something and really changed. But then we kind of go, okay, this is my plateau. I'm going to stay here. And we stop wanting to change again, right? We get comfortable, of course. Well, this is where I want to be. Bartimaeus becomes the foil for all the characters that go before him. Well, what do you want, Bartimaeus? They want to be leaders. This guy wants to be rich. These people want to be important. And you know they're more important than children. What do you want? I want to see. I want to see what you see. I want to see what you see in people. I want to see what you see in the world. I want to see what you see about God. I want to see what you see about me, about my own life. And immediately he received his sight and he follows Jesus along the road. He does what everybody else in the chapter is supposed to be doing, actually follows Jesus. So what if the first thing we did every day, maybe in our prayer life, those quiet moments was to ask God to let us see God today. I want to see what, what do you, you know, if God asks, what do you want me to do for you today? And our answer was, God, open my eyes. I want to see the opportunities for your kingdom today. I want to see people the way you see them. I want to see my life the way you see. It. I, want to, you, I want to see the world the way that you see it. I want to see what you see. What if the first thing we asked, whatever else we ask, and whatever other interaction we have with God, was to say, I want to see open my eyes to what you have for me and for us today. I think that would be powerful. I think it would change not just what we think and what we believe, but I think it would change our obviously perspective, how we go about the things of our day, how we perceive the opportunities that are before us and what it is that we're supposed to do in the day. And I think it will lead to uh, the mindset of being a learner, that God can change my mind again and again and again. That I'm not stunted to stay where I am, but I am open to seeing new things that God wants to teach me. And my hope and prayer for you is that that would be something you would be open to and that you would then see things that you've never seen before and that you would see things like you've never seen them before.